you know something? It took me years of practicing and even teaching yoga to begin to understand that yoga is truly about one thing, knowing yourself. Hello, hello out there. It's Shara Carruthers here, and you are listening to the Live Like You Love Yourself podcast. And we are beginning a dive, a deeper dive in the podcast into trying to better understand this idea of living like you love yourself. What are the tools? What are the, what's the best way to approach it? What does it even mean? And this season in particular, we are looking very specifically at this question of knowing yourself, knowing yourself. It's, it's incredibly exciting for me to be diving into this because it is a inquire, a deeper inquiry that I've been engaged with for a number of years now. And so to have the opportunity to kind of unpack it and to speak to folks that I admire, folks that I'm seeing doing amazing work out in the world, uh, folks that I um, just feel are incredibly remarkable individuals is such a treat. And to be able to share those conversations with you is even more so. And of course, Today is absolutely no exception. So I am really excited to be sharing with you this conversation that I had with two of my favorite teachers, Dave Charlton and Ranji Roy. And if you are, um, if you've listened to the podcast at all over the last couple of years, you will be familiar with Dave and Ranju, and not just because I speak about them all the time, but because they have actually been guests on the podcast before. But this conversation is slightly different because we were focused this time on really beginning to unpack and understand their experience of this idea of knowing yourself. I I wanted to better understand from, from them what the process of knowing yourself has been. What have they learned from what they teach? What have they learned from the work that they do about the value of knowing yourself? And of course, we get into it. We have this, we had this wonderful, uh, wonderful discussion about it, some beautiful insights. And I was also really interested in better getting a sense for how they how this idea of knowing yourself and this practice of knowing yourself inspires them and how that inspiration can become the foundation for them to do the work that they're doing in the world. And of course, uh, they had plenty of wonderful things to say about this. And so I'm incredibly excited to be sharing this conversation that I had with my teachers, David Charlton and Ranju Roy. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everybody. Shara Carretta's here, and I am really excited to uh, to have two wonderful guests, Dave Charlton and Ranju Roy, uh, here with me today to talk about some fun stuff. I have been, as you know, I've, we're exploring this this season, this idea of knowing yourself, and I'm especially excited to talk to. Dave and Ranju about this subject, not only because I'm really interested in their own processes of knowing themselves over the years, but also because there's a bit of discussion about this idea of knowing yourself in their book. And so I hope that we get a chance to kind of dive into that as we um, as we go along in this conversation. And so Dave and Ranju, I'm kind of beginning 
these conversations with a question that I'd certainly love to hear from each of you in um, in turn. And that question is, who are you right now in your at this moment in your evolution? Whoever wants to start first can go for it. One of the things I'll tell you, I'll tell you who I am right now. Right now, I'm the one who speaks first. Right because when, when Dave and I get interviewed, <laughs> there's always a pause. And then I get, I guess, I, am I the one that speaks first, Dave? Yeah, who am I? definitely. Yeah. Go for it. Definitely. All right. Um, right now, I am... Uh, oh, man, there are so many things. You know, when, when you have a question like that, when I have a question like that, I have to negotiate between... Sounding pretentious, sounding authentic, being authentic, and it's quite—you know—it's quite—it's quite a dance to to actually know how to how to respond to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay. How, how? What should I say? Who am I? I'm Ranju. I've I've just finished teaching a yoga class like half an hour ago. I think when I'm teaching a yoga class, you know, here's what happened. I taught a yoga class with Dave 20, min 20 minutes ago, and then I went up and saw my wife and saw, just checked out how things are going with my mother-in-law, and it's kind of like, oh, you know, how's it going? What's happening? Doctor, call the doctor. Has the doctor been here? Blah, 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 blah. And there's all this kind of stuff. And then come back down here and then podcast, interview. So who I am is a fluctuating <laughs> bundle of responses to whatever reality is going on at the moment. Nothing stable. Nothing stable, responsive, flowing. Like I'm sure we can develop that. that, but that's 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 a, that's a beginning. I get that. I definitely feel that right now. How about you, Dave? Are you ready to answer this question? <laughs> it is a big question, no doubt. It's a huge question. Um, I, I, in response to what Randy just said, I'd like to say, I'm well. I'm an anchor of stability. Um, since, you know, yoga is all about stability. That, that would be um, that would just not be the case because I, I I feel quite responsive in all sorts of different ways. Also, I mean, one of the things I suppose I'm feeling right now, um, you know, we both me and Ranji, we're late fifties, aren't we? And and you know, there's kind of a, a particular time of life. I I kind of feel less certain actually about who I am, what I'm doing, where I'm going what my yoga's about even than I have for quite some time, if I'm honest. And I, and I think part of that is because I'm finding modern life very complicated and very demanding. That's one thing I would say. <laughs> um, and, and I also think that, you know, I find myself kind of approaching a bit of a, probably what amounts to a bit of a transition time, thinking about where we're heading um, in terms of, you know, a yoga teaching. I think if you'd asked me this question 10 years ago, I think I would have been a lot more um, certain. I'd given you a lot more of a sort of definitive and straight answer. So that's where I am. And I'm just mm. kind of, I suppose one of the things that I'm aware of, I've become increasingly aware of is is how how all of these processes going on, thoughts and feelings that are, that are going on in time, that there's, it's, it's such a roller coaster. 
and I'm kind of also aware of um, within that that roller coaster also something of of seeking the sort of thread the, the, the thread that unifies you know what is it that, that unifies all of this all of this stuff that's going on and all of this um, all of these these strange responses and behaviours and all the rest of it I mean I must mm. admit I used to think that as I got a bit older, things would become less of a big deal and it would just be, oh, well, yes, it doesn't really matter too much and all the rest of it. And at the moment, I'm not finding that the case at all. <laughs> so I'm thinking about how to deal with that. Yeah. Just yeah, it's, that's, I, I love both of your answers to this question. I, I really do. And, and, and what it's, what it's, bringing up for me is the fact that we don't get asked this question very much. Like we don't, our experience of ourselves is something that feels like it's very much in the back of our minds. And yeah. that, you know, is, is, you know, in many ways, very difficult to put our fingers on, which I find is, I find be, I find really interesting, especially because I have this sense that yoga, this practice of yoga, which all of us, all of us here in this space um, are very much, you know, um, engaged in, engaged to, is, is, a, is really about this inquiry or is really about kind of understanding um, the answer to this question. And Dave, I love that you've said, I love that you've talked about how you're less certain about things. And I wonder... Do you f feel, because you've sort of harkened back to, you know, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, do you feel like yeah. your practice or what, you, what you've what you learned over these 10 years has informed um, the way that you can sit with that question, but also has informed the way that you can hold this idea of knowing yourself? I hope that kind of makes some sense. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think it definitely has. I, I mean, I think through, you know, the practice and the philosophy and thinking that we and, and the philosophy here I, I think is really has been really important for me at least in creating a context for for the practice and what I, I feel I'm seeking to do and and giving me some some vocabulary if you like to to, to mm. describe what I, I feel is going on in me and, and what I'm experiencing um, so yes I think I think the the practice has encouraged an, an attitude of um, being aware of what's going on, seeing, trying to see the processes of the mind for what they are. Mm -hmm. and, and my understanding that is, you know, you know they're transient processes <laughs> which um, are based on lots of factors outside of myself, factors inside of myself, um, and to appreciate the, the degree to which, in a sense, I kind of structure and create my my reality, if you like, in the sense of how I respond to things, in the sense of how I experience things. Mm. And, and sometimes I, I just sort of, I, I think I'm seeing it a little bit more for what it is. That, that, that's what I'd like to think, at yeah. least. And, and you begin to realise, actually, um, a lot of the things that we think define ourselves are not really the things that define ourselves. Mm. You know, and it doesn't take much for some of these, some of our cherished notions of who we are, what we are, um, to to be 
displaced by, by life events and, and factors around us. And then, then I think you have to question, well, the, the, these aren't really the things that matter. These aren't really the things that define me. So I think practice over the last few years has been, has, has brought a lot of that into into focus, into into question, if you like. Mm. Which I think is, yeah. is, in some ways, I think is a good thing. You know, I think I was a lot surer when I when I was younger about things, but I'm not sure that I'm not sure that certainty was was really that wise. Actually, <laughs> I think it was based on a lot of false notions, and now I'm just confused. <laughs> but but in a way, I I, I think um, being with that perhaps is a position where you know hopefully something will will cook and something will will mature. And you know, like what I'm get, what I'm hearing, or what I'm, you know, what it's translating to for me is this sense of the fragility of our understand of our understanding of who we are. You know, this fact of of um, this understanding of us of our concept, our self concept, sort of changing and then and, and kind of morphing and kind of breaking apart, and you know, something new kind of you know some new understanding arising out of that. Oh, and there's a whole lot of, I mean, there's so many things I could go into it, so many ways I could question that and dive into that a little bit more, but I want to hear from, I'd love to hear from you, Ranji. I wonder for you, how is who, how is who you are today or how, who, you know, today in the, in the larger sense, um, how do you think it's a representation of your personal evolution? It's been coming up for me and listening to the discussion that you just had with David and thinking about where I am is um, just a lot, a lot of just recently increasingly I've become very interested in environment in, in, in environments and, and context environment and context not just recently but I mean I've been thinking about this and like I've been thinking about hunter gatherers and if you're a hunter gatherer you're really, really tuned into stuff. You're really tuned into your environment. You're tuned into what cloud for, what do the clouds mean? What does the, what does the measure of the humidity, what does that mean? Where, what's this, what's happening here? What's happening here? What are the, what, what's happening in the plant, what plants are growing and everything like that. That's all external environment. I'm kind of into thinking that basically that external environment is the same as the internal environment. There's no real difference. The internal environment is just as much about how's the humidity, what's growing, what's what's where are things coming in, where are things go, you know. So you can be just as much of a hunter-gatherer in terms of your internal climate and environment as you can with the external. And seasonally, there are times when, you know, like those are beautiful. There's a fantastic rainbow this morning out the back of our house and there was quite a lot of rain and then it became sunny. And, you know, you can be, and it's very much, I mean, we're in September now. It really feels like we're into, we're just in the beginnings of autumn with your seasons really changing. Now, in the same way, my internal seasons change. They might change even more rapidly than the four seasons that we have you know externally but as seasons change sometimes i'm sunny sometimes i'm rainy whatever but in the same way that mm. um you know you know I, I don't want to fix the external season you, you just become sensitive to what's happening outside 
is like becoming sensitive to one's own internal environment and season and then learning how to live in that mm. most skillfully. It's no good building an igloo mm -hmm. in the Sahara, you know, so that would be foolish. So in the same way, adapting to the internal environments and then living skillfully with the internal environment is, I guess, what I'm thinking. <laughs> Mm. Make any sense? Mm. And I, in other I, words, I there's not myself... God. Okay. I'm just saying that there's nothing very static about who I am. My, who, who I am is as changeable as the autumn leaves. No, no, that's all fine. That's the way this whole thing. So, um, okay, there's so many things there. There's so many things there. I think because we have been talking a little bit about kind of who you were versus who you are, and this concept of or this idea of of you changing and being someone completely different you know in a you know now than you were than you may than you were even i don't know a few months ago or so yeah. how do you i suppose all, both of you both of you i'm sort of addressing this to both of you how do you feel that your practice of yoga has supported your understanding of that your ability to to hold that and to have that engage or have that guide you in some way you know in the way that you engage with well, life I just i think the, um I kinda, for me it's yeah, for me it's stability i mean it's just stability it's you know for me the practice of yoga has always been uh you know i can be quite flighty and i can be all over the place and everything but for me yoga is just so ground the practice of yoga helps to ground me and gives me uh gives me a shelter in whatever season i'm in which is comfortable a comfortable mm. shelter from which i can kind of sit and see what's see what's happening both internally within my relationships within my world you know it, it really has been it's been my heart it's been the heart which i sit with Mm. And how about you, Dave? Yeah, I, I would agree, um, to a large extent, with Randy. Really, I, I, I mean, I, I, I would. The word that came to mind as you were talking was, "It's a bit of a refuge." It, mm. You know, it's somewhere to to return to, somewhere that's um, a, a space that, that kind of roots you back into something which is more. Um, sustaining and nurturing and, and and you know for for, for sure i i think um there's been a strong element of that in my practice as well i i also kind of feel it, it's a, it's a, it can be a space to explore certain feelings of you know gratitude and um acceptance and understanding and it's a space in which it's a safer space to sort of just be with whatever is is occurring you know you know without acting things out as it were just to to explore all of that and so i i kind of feel that that that's been really important for me actually i've kind of been aware that um you know certain things within the practice uh within yoga practice that not as accessible as they used to be you know the, the body's starting to creak in bits and and actually that's making me realize that uh, well i used to feel quite indestructible 
when it came to the, <laughs> the kind of Arsenal practice, I'm beginning to to realise that actually there there is um, there are some vulnerabilities there, um, and that's I, I think in a way that's been a good thing because I think it's it's encouraged me to to try and really evaluate what's important in the practice. You, you know, what are the essential things that you can hang on to, you can develop, and you you can tick and continue to develop and um, yeah, I, I, I think yeah. that's been really important. Yeah. Did, did you kind of, did either of you come this, to this practice yeah. looking to know yourselves? Also, go ahead, Manju. Sorry, there's a bit of a delay, which means it's sometimes it's hard to. So yeah, say what, please do go say what you were going to say, Manju. Well, I, I was I was just thinking about how you know following on from Dave talking about how his practice has changed or how his relationship with practice has changed, and and it kind of links in with your mm. question. Shara as well, which is this feeling that when I was younger, it was Mm -hmm. like I was practicing and there was something external, there was this external teaching and there was an external vision of what was right. And then I was sort of slowly moving towards this, my own constructed idea of what was externally correct both in terms of form, but also sort of some idea of enlightenment and some idea of spiritual progress and some idea. But it was kind of an ex- it was fantasy. It's an external fantasy, um, particularly mm-hmm. kind of being in in a tradition. You know, Dave and I have been you know studied within a tradition, and within the tradition, there's this kind of idea of external. There's like this external tradition. There are these teachers, blah blah. blah. And I think increasingly, as I've got older. Um, it, I'm, I'm less concerned about external fantasies of what could be or what should be and trying to focus in on mm. more what is it? What am I? What's, you know, what's this now? Rather than what does an enlightened yogi look like or how should a yogi be behaving? Mm. This is how I'm behaving, man. This is it. Is that okay? Is that, I mean, you know, is that the best? Is that the best thing for now? You see what I mean? It's not about yeah. external aspiration. Yeah. It's about internal acceptance. I love that. I love that. I wonder. It makes me wonder too. You know, was there a point for for because I can, I think about what I what why I came to yoga, very, very similar to what you've just described, Ranju. This under this sort of you know, seeking to get somewhere. And I, there is a point at which I begin to recognize, hold up, just like what you're saying, Ranju, you know, this isn't about getting somewhere necessarily. Um, It's about, it's about, well, it's about lots of things, but I wonder for both of you, was there a point at which you, you realized, hold on a minute, there's something to be there. This practice is about showing me myself, like, or, you know, th- this, this idea of, of Svadhyaya, which we'll dive into more, but yeah. Is there, was there a point at which you, you, that you remember that you sort of made that switch of, Oh, okay. This is really about me understanding myself better. It's all about the inquiry. I, I mean, I, I, I certainly think for me, when, when I started, it was always about inquiry. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, it was. Uh, you know that that was. I I was even for. I mean, we I think we were about the same age when we started. I was about twenty two. I think 
that about about the same age, twenty something like that. Twenty three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I, and actually, I there, there was a bit of me that was always that always was interested in yoga from that point of view. And then I started doing, um, you know, I was doing me forward bends and I was doing me a J with this. And and, um, and I got really into all of that, you know, the postures and the breath and the rest of it. I, there was a bit of me that was always a little kind of, um, how do these things link up? You, you know, um, mm -hmm. do, do you... Do you Tadasana, we're thinking about come down with a flat in this tradition, come down with a flat back, you know, so you keep the, the back strong and then you work the light, you release the lower back at the end and then as you come up, you move into the upper back. And I was thinking, there was a bit of me, oh, really from the earliest days thinking, what's this got to do with, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> anything. <laughs> and I kind of, I, I from quite an early age, I was also quite involved in Buddhism, alongside the the, the, the sort of the, the yoga the yoga tradition of Discharge, and they always sort of sat alongside each other in a slightly uncomfortable relationship. And and I, I kind of thought, well, the, what I was doing within the Buddhist practice and meditation seemed to be much more about knowing yourself, mm. um, and yet. On the, the the kind of physical yoga side, we had all these teachings on the Yoga Sutra, which seemed to be about knowing us. <laughs> and then I was sort of bending forwards, raising one leg, kind of. So I I, I kind of feel uh, I, I, there was always an inquiry there for me, but I wasn't sure, certainly from the early days, how it all fit it would fit together, and how a lot of what we were actually what, what I was actually spending my time doing in the yoga practice was was linked to that you know i was i was working with ratios in my breath i was doing the i don't know 12 in 18 out in um janisha shastana and all this and training my breath and I'm, how does this link what's the what's the connection so well, I, there's, I, there's I, another I, I think that was that was there's another thing dave i think which yeah, is around, yeah. that well i was just thinking um that there's something which is quite unconscious as well, and we don't really necessarily know what things are doing consciously. So it might, I mean, I don't know, but I have a, a hypothesis that I would be a very different person had I not been doing all the yoga that I've done. I would be a very different person. And I, so I think it's almost like yoga has been, uh, um, it's sometimes not conscious what 1218 does. It's not necessarily conscious, but I'm sure that there has been a huge impact on you and on me for doing the many, many, many thousands of hours of yoga that we've both done, which which, which is quite difficult to say. I mean, I, I think, I, mm. I, no, I agree. I, I kind of feel like I've got, I would... <laughs> have a bit i'd be able to explain how it fits together a little bit better now and i agree and i agree with you that i, mm. I think it's difficult to um it would be wrong to underestimate the impact that a lot of this practice which you know some of which was overtly quite physical but a lot of it was much more energetic actually you know it's much more about breath and the, the the effect of that within within the body, within the system, on the system, I think it had a profound effect. 
you, you know, and I, and I, and I think um, I would agree with you, Ranji. I, it, it is some of it is unconscious. It's been almost mm. like you're being cooked, but you don't know you're being cooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you, you, you know, you're the frog in the, in, the, in the pan of water that's very slowly being heated up. <laughs> so yeah, really nice yeah. Please go. But I think I have been strong enough to that. I would agree. Yeah. And how would you describe the connection then now? You said that you think you could maybe better articulate it. Let's put you on the hot seat. What would you say? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I, I know. Um, well, I, I think to a large degree we are energetic beings, mm-hmm. and you, you know, even even the way our mind functions is, you know, it's essentially it's an energetic process. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the ways that we start to work with and influence that is through moving the body, opening the body up, exploring the body, um, working with the breath. So I, 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 feel, I feel these things do have a, they do have a role to play. I think it mm-hmm. would be wrong to overestimate um, the role that they play in the sense that you know, if I just do do lots and lots of strong asana, that will make me a better person, maybe. Mm. But I think it will. Ca- I think it can be a catalyst that mm. keeps things cooking. And as long mm. as that cooking process is is given, also, you know, there's a bit of a bit of spice, which is the reflection and the self inquiry and the thinking about our life. Um, then, then I, I, I think it has an important role to play to keep things, keep things cooking over, you know, cooking, turning over, um, helping to get rid of some of the rubbish that accumulates in the body, whether that be physical, energetic, emotional. It helps keep things moving through. Can I ask you a question? Can I push you a little bit? Uh, I, I just you said that we're, yeah, yeah, that we're, we're, we're energetic, we're energetic beings. And I'd like to just understand what yeah. you what you mean by that, and maybe what what would the opposite of being an energetic being be? Question one: What would the opposite of an what are we not? And um, what does it what does it mean? What does it mean to say that we're an energe- we're energetic beings? Because you've emphasised that quite strongly, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, but I used, to, I used to work in I used to work in an engineering <laughs> company, and the guy the guy used to sit opposite. <laughs> Uh, I, I I go and talking about energy, and he's going. You know, what, what, what is it? We said it. You know, talk about. What are you on about? Oh, you yoga people. What are you going about is energy. What is it? What, what, I don't know what you mean. I mean, it was a bit of a. We, we had a bit of a laugh, you know, about all this kind of thing. Um, but um, but I, I, I mean, I think it's a. I think it's a good. It's a good question. Okay. Well, what I what I think I what I think I mean by that is that actually. Um, I'm using the word energy, I suppose, um, to, to think about what is it that links all aspects of our being? Mm-hmm. And what is it that um, means that what I do with the body will influence how I think? What is it okay. that what I do with my breath influences how I think, how I feel? Because, you, you, you know, we are energetic in that sense. I think some people take, let's take the opposite. You could think of yourself as a body, mm. and you could think of yourself as a mind, which is completely, right. in some sense, divorced. You, you know, 
And actually, um, what happens with the body doesn't really matter to, doesn't have much effect on what's happening in the mind. And actually, we know, we know that's not, not the case. You know, if, you, if you're feeling down and you can bring yourself to do some physical stuff, generally you feel better, you feel that your mood will lift, things will change. Um, so I, I kind of feel that the mind, I feel the mind can be independent, can be more independent of the body, but the effects of the body and the breath is also quite profound. Mm. You, you know, you've got to be a special being to really rise above the, the, the what's going on in the body. For most of us, the reality, the reality is what we're doing in all aspects of our being affects how we feel. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It does. Definitely does. One of my favorite one of my favorite sayings is "Move a muscle, change a feeling," and to me yeah. that that points to um, that points to it, in many ways to me the what I consider to be the one of the goals of yoga is this this uh, this understanding of the connection between our physical form and our energetic form or our energetic selves. What I'm what I'm wondering. There's often this sense about yoga that it's like, you know, the postures are like this magical, you know, this magical set of movements that basically opens you up to all sorts of things. And, you know, that gives you the ability to do all these things. But what I'm what I'm wondering from both of you, just in terms of your understanding, is yoga itself, especially, you know, being students, very much students of the philosophy is it more of a context for understanding than it is um, a, oh, what's the, I can, I'm losing words all the time, but is it more about the context that yoga creates for us that helps us understand what's going on in our world and in our bodies? Meaning that the postures are there, but in reality, yoga, yoga really gives us an understanding from of what those postures, of how those postures affect, or excuse me, of how the physical body affects who we are, if you know what I mean. I hope that, I hope that. I don't, I no longer believe, and I might be wrong about this. <laughs> I'm going to sort of. That's always a good disclaimer. <laughs> is I no longer believe that the asanas are this inherent set of divine energetic gateways to profound experience. Mm. I don't believe that anymore. <laughs> I think, I think, you, 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 you know, and, and that, uh, no, I, 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 I really, really don't believe that anymore. I think they're clever. I think they're skillful. They're not, they're not without their, um, they're not without their energetic characteristics and they're not without their application in the sense if you work with the body in a certain way, it can cultivate a particular experience, it can cultivate a, a particular, you know, it can work the energy of the body in a particular way. But I don't think they're, I don't think they're magical anymore. That, mm. That's for me. I think they create context and they help to create the right energetic environment rather they help to create a certain stability they help to create to, to purify the system to some degree you know they, they they they're very skillful in in the way they've been created to do that don't get me wrong i'm not saying that but but i don't think inherently they are 
sufficient in and of themselves. Mm. About creating the context. Yeah. Ranju, do you have thoughts on that? Yes. Uh, I have some thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was thinking about... Uh, I, I, I agree. I agree. Largely, I agree. But I also like to add <laughs> the fact that I don't want to throw the magic... But the, the the magic the the baby out with the but I mean I I also want to fly a flag for the magic of postures and for the magic of forms mm. if we inhabit them in particular ways so I don't think it's just necessary you know you do a you do a, this posture and then this happens but I think inhabiting postures in certain ways has the potential with the use of the breath and the use of bhavana, you know, the use of imagery to, to, to make a magical experience. Uh, Dave might push back and say, what do you mean by magical experience? Which I think would be a very, you know, be a reasonable thing to, to ask. But um, uh, I'd like to fly a flag for the magic of asana as well, acknowledging that they're not just in themselves gateways to profundity. There needs to be something else, actually, as well. Yes, I, think, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think, look, I'm not, I'm not against it because I think, I think if it, you know, with the right kind of asana practice, I think you can have some very, very deep experiences. They can yeah. be very profound. Yeah. Um, but you can also have lots of engaging, colourful experiences, which actually don't really mean very much. Yeah, mm. yeah, and I, 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 I think there's there's a danger of, of getting lost in that. Mm. So you, you have to try and walk the you line can between. Get lost in all the colour, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. To um, it. So, so I, so I'm not, I, I'm not denying the subtlety or the profundity of the experience that can come with with a very cleverly designed practice with a, but. Um, and it takes you somewhere, and it gives you, and it can give you what feels to be like a very magical experience. I mean, I mean, we both, I, I know, experience and practices, particularly when we were working with Peter, you know, and you came out of the room and you, you, you felt like you'd been, well, I certainly felt like I'd been transported into a different realm, just in the yeah. sense that I felt so completely different. So I, but the, but then the question is, what are you going to do with, what 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 hmm. are you going to what are you going to do with that? How is that going to how is that going to have a life beyond the practice? What does it mean? So I think that's a, that's a step that's actually quite important, really. That's a very important step. That's a very good question. What are you going to do with them? So we've we've you've you, we've gotten to this point where we've we've got a sense. We have a little bit of a sense for the asana and what that's about. But then there's this whole if the asana is only one part of it and, and a part of it that, you know, is we can argue about its level of importance. What's the other part? Like for, for the both of you, is there, a, can you, are you in a position to kind of put your finger on it? You know, what the other aspect of the practice has been. I think the model, that's, from that's, the, the, the model from the Taittiri Upanishad yeah. is this, you know, the model that, we are, we have a, a physical body, the anamaya, kosha, or whatever. The anamaya, the, the pranamaya, mm. the energetic. 
which I think Dave was talking about mm-hmm. in terms of that which connect that which connects everything. Manomaya, mm-hmm. Vijnanamaya, Anandamaya. The, certainly different, you know, asana has the potential, to, all, all practices have the potential to affect us at all the different levels, I think. But probably mm. pranayama and chanting may have, I don't, I, I'm even a little cautious about using deeper or more profound, but then they have the potential to take you maybe somewhere else. And mm. and and it's actually for me the practice of yoga per se, not asana, not pranayama, not chanting, but the practice of yoga is connecting with that which connects. It's consciously bringing into realization the fact that this I am, this this here, and you there. We're all part of the same thing. There is the same matrix. So it's that there's a very, very profound experience of connection. And with that profound experience of connection is a profound experience of relief and letting go and relaxation mm. and um, not being against the world, you know, not, not having to survive the world. Actually, you can let go and be in the mm. world. And that kind of links to, I don't know, Anandamaya, maybe, you know, some something deeper. So the practice of yoga, I know we talk a lot of in, in we talked about it in, in our book and, and in the Yoga Sutras, we talk a lot about this separation between Purusha and Prakriti, separation mm-hmm. all the time. But ultimately, for me, ultimately, my feeling is that that separation is a prerequisite for a reconnection it's not it's not the end of the road to separate it's actually how do we reintegrate yeah something along those lines how do we feel i love that yeah i really love that (laughs) because we're all kind of you know uh, uh, when we feel bad or when we feel we feel alone we feel like oh this has happened, oh, this has happened, poor me, or this is really difficult, how am I going to cope with this, how am I going to do all those, all that, all those stories that, that we're burdened with, and which we kind of feel like we have to deal with. Well, how do we, via our yoga practice, come to a different state of being in which we can let go and feel connected and feel mm. loved? Um, it's just the very meaning of part dukkha of something itself, deeper. isn't it? Mm, exactly. The very meaning of dukkha yeah. itself, isn't it? You, you know, we think of yoga as about as yeah, exactly about dealing, you know, with suffering dukkha. But literally, that this lack of space, lack of connection, lack of um, a feel, yeah. feeling isolated and separated. So I think you're absolutely right, Randy. And it does. Sorry, happen. I'm just processing all of that because it's it brings up <laughs> so much and. And, I'm, and and it really does. It's just so many beautiful uh, realizations from that. I find myself wondering from from both of you, how do you have a sense for how you've built self awareness? Like we've talked about yoga in like the big sense, but even just from like a from an individual kind of you know your own, from your an understanding of your own path. How have how have you built the awareness of self 
if you can even say. Uh, well, one, one quite thing. a tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, 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 Dave, oh, let's go with Dave, and, we'll, and then we'll go with Ranji. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, yes, yes. Sorry, I probably should have oh, done okay. that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's quite a tricky question. I, I think, you know, over the okay, several things. I, I think first thing is is to appreciate that I, d I do feel it's, it's a bit of a cliche to say, but it's a journey. I, yeah, I, I mean, Disikara was fond of describing the process of yoga as like um, wearing out a shoe, you know, the sole of a shoe. You have to walk a lot of miles, uh, and I and I, I I think there is something in that. In and um, and I know for me certainly over the years I've done you know all sorts of different things, yoga wise and you know Buddhism and we, bits of counselling and psychotherapy and you know so mm -hmm. I I think of all of these sorts of things that we do, um, all of the things we do in in our life that help us to grow in all sorts of different ways. I think that they're all useful and they're all, they're all valid. I think one of the things that's made a difference as a more recently, and I'm only really talking about where I am right now, mm. um, is that um, I kind of feel that for a long time I was studying yoga. I was really interested in the teachings. You know, it's all about knowing knowing myself. And yeah, I, on some level, I, I think I was really interested in understanding the teachings, but they were slightly over there, and I was here. And 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 I I think what what certainly one thing that's happened for me over the past few years is I'm kind of thinking about increasingly, what does this really mean for me? You know, how does this really apply to me? Um, I'm still having my various struggles through life. And the question is, how does all of this really, really apply to me personally? I remember saying to, 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 to one of our teachers, Peter Ersnack, who, you know, I think was massively influential for both of us. He, he said to me one time, he said, I now read the sutras as if Patanjali was saying these things directly to me personally. And that had a massive impact to me, on me, actually, when he said that. Mm -hmm. And 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 I and I think that that's what I'm kind of trying to trying to do a little bit more now is to think, well, well, hold on a minute, it, it says that, and and what's what's going on in here? <laughs> so I'm trying to take it all a bit more personally. Yeah, gosh. And I, just before we move on to Ranju, I just there's a, there's that brings up another question for me, which is. What is how has that changed the way you see it? How's that changed the way that you you know you see and engage with the with the sutras, or even what you get from it? Sorry, Sorry this, it's like a multi part question. Yeah, can you just repeat that? It just it dropped out just a little bit. Oh sure, yeah. It's how how have you how has that changed the way that you see the the sutras, and how's that changed um, the way that you engage with the sutras, and even what you're getting from the sutras. I mean, it used to be, I, I, I mean, we, from the very, uh, we, we were quite fortunate in a sense, I think, because from our earliest points in our yoga journey, we, we were exposed to yoga sutras. 
something that's very integrated into the practice. So, you know, the idea of that um, yoga, chitavriti nirudha, you know, yoga's about the mind, basically. It's mm-hmm. about the nature of the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of knew that from day one. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really know it, if I'm honest. It was kind of, you know, I didn't really get it. Not really. Mm-hmm. Now I think I, or, or this is where I am, I, I feel it is really about the mind. Mm. And that actually the Yoga Sutra is essentially, is essentially about the nature of the mind. You know, if people say, well, oh, it's about Purusha and Prakriti, yes, it is. Um, it's about um, uh, the Eightfold Path, you know, Ashanga Yoga, yes, it is. But at the heart of it, I think it's about the nature of the mind and how um, and how we how so much of our experience is created and so and how much of our understanding of the world is projection that's what I really think the yoga search is about mm. if you dig underneath it and um, I think I'm beginning to get that mm. <laughs> to really really think really think about that and it yeah, I also I also see the Yoga Sutra in terms of if you think about the Ashtanga Yoga, the Eightfold Path, I feel it's a very demanding path actually. Mm. And I, I think, you know, in many ways it's a very disciplined path. One of the things I've realised is I'm not very disciplined. <laughs> so I'm not a good yogi from that point of view. So another thing, so, so therefore that's, that's bringing quite, very, very seriously the question for me is that um, what am I going to do about that? Am I going to become much more disciplined in my approach to things, or am I going to have to find another way round? Or, or mm. and that's a question for me in relationship mm. to the Yoga Sutra, not about the understanding that it gives, but in terms of the methodology that's presented. Um, I'm having to really think about where that fits within who I am, the life I'm living. And a life I'm going to lead. Mm. You know, how many hours am I going to put into into my practice? How disciplined am I going to be about my diet? I can see, you know, the implications in the in Yoga Sutra is that um, we need to engage in quite a profound process of tapas, essentially. You know, to, to purify the system, to to create the right conditions in the mind. I ain't going to do that. <laughs> so I've got to find another way. So, <laughs> oh, I cannot tell you how much I love that. I really cannot. <laughs> I love that. Ranji, what, what, what are your thoughts on all of this? I love that so much, Dave. I really do. I, it is great. I, I, okay, so one thing that really strikes me about uh, what we're here to do and how we do it, and how we understand yoga, is relationship. Desikha Chah talked, talked about one of the meanings of yoga as relationship. And I think how I see myself is so dependent on who I'm with. So my self-perception, every relationship is a mirror. And so, you know, if I'm... Yeah, every relationship is a mirror. And I can feel good about myself or I can feel bad about myself, depending on who I'm with, often. And if I'm emitting 
I'm going to put it in inverted commas, but good. If I'm trying to see the, if I'm trying to see, see the best part of who I'm with, in a kind of non, you know, a compassionate way, I'm going to be receiving that back as well. So, I feel that my yoga practice, what I do on the mat, is also part training to offer the best part of myself to to whoever I'm with. To allow to to allow myself to see the best part of them, and for that to be a kind of a mutually nourishing experience, which is not to say that all my relationships with everybody are you know fantastic, but uh, if if we can if I can think about who I am, you know, who I am is is very much reflected on how I am with people, with people, with animals, with nature, with everything. How I am in relationship. So I think actually, I'm just wondering to what extent is it helpful to ask who am I, because I am always only one half of a relationship. Who are we? <laughs> yeah, Dave. Who are we? Yes. Who are we today? Who are we in this moment? <laughs> yeah, because we're yeah. actually we're creating. We're, you know, your your self image, Shara. My self image, Dave. Self image. We're all, we're all part of a three-way conversation at the moment. We're not really individuals. We're mm -hmm. contributing and, and taking and giving, giving and taking. Mm. A phrase which, um, which Peter used to use, Peter Lesnack, which was kind of worth really um, chewing on. Um, he used to talk mm. about, it's all about life feeling itself. And... What he meant by that was life in with a, with a capital L, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the, the totality of life, feeling itself or experiencing itself. And I think the more you start to think about that, the more it kind of opens up some big some big questions, really, because because it, it, it touches what you're saying, Ranji, that we that we're not really individuals, we're just particular um, nodes within the within this overall matrix of life. Rooting bodies of something deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 of something that, that's huge, you know. You know. And, and so so what, what are the implications of that? Um, what does it mean to say, who am I? I mean, I mean, it is, it's, a, it's a kind of, it's a big question, isn't it? It is. I love these questions. I really do. Because it feels like we, I love that we've gotten here too. Because it feels like we really do, you know, we simplify things and, and maybe it's for the, it's for the, um, maybe it's for convenience. Maybe it's for, uh, some, uh, uh, some sort of certainty that will, you know, make us feel safe or make us feel, um, secure or as if we, as if we truly know something, but what I'm hearing from, from the both of you, which is so reassuring. Can I just say, even though like we've got no answers for anything and we're kind of, we've kind of ended up in this place where we're like, who knows, you know, what is all of this? But these are the things that, these are the things that the practice has, has, has um, created for me too. More questions than answers. Mm. And knowing that there's others That's out there, that there are more questions out there. Yes, please. No, please go for it. It, it. it just feels to me that the play, you know, we talk about the placia 
in chapter two, Patanjali talks about the klesha, and it seems to me that our experience of klesha yeah. is amplified the more cut off we are from life feeling itself. The more cut off we are from the mm. feeling of connection, the more klesha impinge on our yeah. awareness and 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 and, and kind of um, reinforce our separation. I mean, klesha do what klesha do is to mm. really reinforce our divorce from everything else. So it's almost like Klesha mm. substitutes one reality for the, the the experience of Klesha eclipses our feeling of connection, and they mm. arise and feed on each other and um, emphasize our disconnection. And so, if our role here, I love that you've said that because I'm often I've come to understand that our that our um, and I don't know where I've understood this from, just from, you know, all the things that we do, all the questions that we ask and the things that we see, that if our role here individually and collectively is in some ways to reduce, and this is probably not a very elegant way of putting it, but to reduce the influence of Klesha on our, uh, maybe on our choices or on our being. So it kind of... Um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Then what I gather from what you're saying, Ranju, is that connection is kind of the underpins all of that. Like seeking connection, understanding our connection is really at the heart of it all. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just a profound, there's a profound release in We've all had the experience of coming home and kind of flopping into the armchair or coming home and getting into the hot bath or coming home, you know, coming home and just feeling, oh, you know, that letting go. That profound letting go is, I'm, I mean, I'm jamming here. I'm just kind of <laughs> jamming with my thoughts, but it, it has some, Love it. some equivalence to where yoga, you know, yoga is taking us to a place where we can kind of breathe out and sigh and think, oh, that's, I don't need to struggle with that. I can flop into this armchair, mm. I can flop into this bath, I can kind of breathe out, I can sigh. Um, and and that, that's a feeling of no longer having to struggle against reality. <laughs> you know, the struggle against mm. reality is klesha. Glacier is the struggle against reality. Mm. What do you think, Dave? I mean, I don't know. Does that make sense? Completely. Completely agree with you. Uh, mm. you, you know, the... Um, the I'm going to touch on a, on, a, on a yoga sutra here, the definition of avidya, you know, mm. ignorance, mm. is where we... Is where we where we project certain things onto onto reality, yeah. you know, it's like we we deny reality somehow. Mm -hmm. so it, at the profoundest level in the Yoga Sutra, that that's kind of what it says, isn't it? Mm. And you know, so uh, it is a kind of it is a kind of denial mm -hmm. of what is, and a, and and an, an unwillingness to 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 accept what is. Mm. Hmm. I see that, but I still find myself doing it. 
then I know I'm going to walk down the garden and then it's all going to get messy again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you both kind of as we start to wrap things up, because I've got another big question. I can tell you both when I, what I see of you both is I see two people who obviously who have questions like all of us, but that, that I see, I, I feel more than see this, this level of, um, the word that's coming is comfort, but I don't even know if that's it. Ease, perhaps. Ease in where you are in your understanding of, um, you know, what it's all about and your understanding of what the process is for, for knowing more. Um, and in where it, where it's all brought you to this point. Like, I don't, I don't, and so I wonder from both of you, what do you think the gift of knowing yourself is? Like, why is it even wor a worthwhile pursuit? Or why has it been for you? Ranju, do you want to start us off? I was thinking about the Delphi Oracle. <laughs> You're the one who speaks the Delphi... first. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> why is it? We Okay, here we go we have been gifted we have been gifted with an incarnation now whether we'll have more incarnations whether we had incarnations before who knows but right now we have been gifted with an incarnation and that incarnation is in a particular form our bodies our human bodies with our human senses with our with our human relationships with our mothers our fathers our children our friends so we've been gifted this incarnation. What are we going to do with it? Are we just going to piss it away? I mean, what is, you know, what's it for? So appreciating the, the appreciating the really unbelievably special gift of incarnation that we have right now, right here, with all its ups and downs, with all its, with its joys and its suffering, is something you know at least we can at least we can at times reflect on what that's about not just take it for granted just at times reflect on what can we how can we most skillfully and um elegantly engage with this incarnation at this time that's what it's for what about you what about you dave thanks Ranji. yeah i mean i <laughs> But at times I've questioned actually what the, what the value of all of this has been. You, you, you know, I kind of <laughs> I have questioned it, um, but I do I do think I, I certainly think for me um, it's been a path I've had to sort of take. You, 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 you know, I think it's very easy to have regrets about about life and what one might have done, but this is the life I, I've lived. You know, very connected with all of this sort of stuff. And um, I, I think it's been an, uh, an important journey for me. I, I, I think what I would like to to feel it's about is learning to live life more peacefully, with less fear, with more mm -hmm. acceptance. Um, and I don't think I'm there yet, but I think I'm because inherently I'm incredibly anxious and paranoid and you know people people think you know you're a yoga teacher you must be really really relaxed well i definitely am not really really relaxed so but you know that Dave, I've got to, 
Dave, I've got a suggestion for you. I've got a suggestion for you, Dave. Yeah. yeah. How about you live like you love yourself? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'd say. <laughs> but what I, but I, would, what I, what I would say is, like, I kind of feel that... Um, I kind of feel like I'm on the threshold. So um, come back in five years, because I, cause I, th- I, th- I think that I think the last few years have been very, you know, something's cooking. Mm. Yeah, definitely. In a way that it, 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 I would have said, if you, you know, I, I couldn't say it's cooking and it was cooking like this ten years ago or fifteen years ago. I, I don't. I'm not saying that part of the process was not important, but it's mm. there's something different now, and, and so, and so I that that's what I I really hope that it will bring a, bring bring that sense of ease, which I think is mm. on its way. Mm. Fantastic, yeah. I, I have to thank you. I have to thank you both, um, just for you're willing to to be so generous in in talking about and sharing your your own experiences um you know and your and your viewpoints on this because um you've been practicing for a long time and i think it's for me personally it's it's great to kind of dig under the practice which i kind of feel like we've done a bit here um to get to you know the reality of of what it means to practice and for me, it's been reassuring to hear some of these things that you've said, and it's been inspiring and definitely enlightening, as always. I want to say thanks to you both. Thank you, Chara. Chara, thanks, yeah. thanks for your questions, your willingness to go along with, with wherever we're going. <laughs> always. Your openness. <laughs> yeah. And deep, deep questions. Deep questions. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best ones. <laughs> Okay, well, I hope that you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I enjoyed having that conversation with Dave and Ranju. And if you are even slightly interested in learning more from Dave and Ranju, I have a treat for you. I have managed to convince Dave and Ranju to put together a workshop series focused on giving us a but a deeper look into the individual chapters of their book, Embodying the Yoga Sutras. We are calling this series Embodying the Yoga Sutras Patanjali for the 21st Century. And really what it's about is looking at their the different chapters of their book from a practical eye and kind of taking apart some of the ideas that they present in the book to have us better understand how we can put those things into practice in our own lives. And so that series, it's a four-part series. In other words, it's four uh, sessions, four webinar sessions. This is the first in what we're hoping to be a much an extended series that will eventually cover all of the chapters in the book. But this first series, four webinars, uh, it starts on Tuesday, the 1st of November. And it will go until the, I think, the first week of December. And so if you're interested in joining us for that series, and I highly, highly recommend that you do, these guys are amazing teachers. They're fantastic uh, in engaging with and and uh, responding to the crowd and to our individual inquiries and also just the different ways that we can, the information that they are sharing with us can land for us 
individually uh, and apply into our own lives. And so having the opportunity to sit with Dave and Ranju, and I say sit in quotes because we're going to be, it'll, it's a virtual course, but having this opportunity to sit with Dave and Ranju live is, is an opportunity truly not to be missed. And so please use the link that we will provide uh, with the show notes for this episode and book your spot. The course starts very, very soon. And so don't miss this opportunity to truly uh, engage with uh, two of the masters of Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, um, kind of modern day contemporary take on uh, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, um, influenced by Desikachar in a way that is just so beautiful and so practical and so inspiring that um, you won't want to miss it. So again, thanks so much for listening to the podcast and do stay tuned because we will continue to continue this conversation about knowing yourself through uh, other conversations uh, that I've that I've recorded with other folks whose work and whose lives I truly, truly admire. So thanks again for being a listener and, uh, and I'll see you in the next one.